Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. I'm just looking at, uh, in Michigan at the moment, there's protests on the streets because the governor over there um, basically, he has brought in a lockdown because in America, it's very different, of course. Every state governor will bring in a lockdown, their own lockdown, their own restrictions. And hundreds of flag-waving protesters have driven past the Michigan capital, Michigan capital to show their displeasure with Governor uh, Gretchen Whitmore's orders to keep people at home and businesses locked down during the coronavirus outbreak. And people were standing outside in their vehicles, raised signs, one of them which read, reads... Uh, Governor Whitmore, we are not prisoners. So they're not handling it very well, the idea of lockdown. And of course, freedom, you know, is part of the Constitution and is part of the Constitution of this country as well, by the way. But health officials here, of course, confirmed today that we've had the highest number of deaths. 43 people have died of COVID-19 in Ireland, bringing the total death toll to 486. Now, as we all get used to the new norm of social distancing and people losing their jobs and not being allowed to leave their homes, unless, of course, it's a necessary journey, this is a really tough time for many people. And there's no doubt it's having a huge psychological toll on people. I mean, it's, I suppose, creating financial hardship. And hopefully we can all recover from that as long as it doesn't go on too long. And the population have been very compliant with all the new guidelines and restrictions. As we all know, it's in the interest of public health. But as time goes by, I do notice more people breaching those guidelines and a little bit of complacency. I don't hear the words washing hands very much anymore. I don't, I've noticed myself too. I don't, initially at the start, everybody was running back and forward to sinks, washing their hands every 10 minutes. But I've noticed that's kind of changed now. People are not washing their hands as much. Um, so people do become complacent. There's more traffic on the roads over the last two or three days. More people are walking out on the streets. So people are becoming a little bit complacent uh, because maybe they just can't handle the idea of being in their house all the time. And as we all know, the restrictions have been extended until uh, the next bank holiday weekend, which is May the 5th. And according to Leo Varadkar, restrictions and social distancing must remain unless we find a cure for the vaccine or an antiviral tablet or, or sort of say an antiviral cure or a vaccine. Now, this suggests that in May, he may extend the lockdown further and the restrictions even further past May the 5th. He may lift one or two of those restrictions. Like, for example, there has been suggestions. He may say, OK, let's uh, construction. You can go back to work. But the pubs and restaurants and cinemas and everything else all have to remain closed and unnecessary shops must remain closed. He might do it slowly. And then if we see, for example, as it was mentioned today um, uh, by the chief medical officer, if we see that the debt rate goes back up again or it peak starts to peak again, we'll close them back down again. So it could be a case of them opening and closing, opening and closing. And I don't think people will be able to handle that too well. I think we will get excited at the thoughts of getting back to normal life, which we've almost forgotten what it's like at this stage. And I think if we start to go back to some level of normality, uh, which I can't see happening for a good while, um, I think it would be very disappointing to see a lockdown again. I think people would find it harder to deal with that the second time round. So I think what we have to probably do is continue it until we're sure that it's not going to come back again or we're not going to get a second wave, as they call it. That's just my own opinion on it. But I don't know how people are going to handle this. I think at the moment we've been very compliant. I think Irish people in general, the majority of whom, um, I would say, have done what they've been asked to do. And we can clearly see in the evidence that, thankfully, not too many people in this country have died. Um, And... You know, we have had a lot of positive cases and there's probably thousands more positive cases we don't know about, which shows us, by the way, a bit of good news, that is, that the mortality rate is quite low. 
thankfully in this country enterprise because our hospitals are able to deal with the trickle of people that are coming in. Uh, when I say trickle, it's like a bad flu season, I suppose, in that sense that of the amount of people that are going in, not that I'm suggesting that COVID is like the flu. Uh, but what I'm saying is, would you be happy if our Taoiseach turns around on May the 5th and says, I'm sorry, but we really don't believe this has reached its peak. Um, and apart from anything else, you know, we're afraid that it might start again. So we've got to keep all these restrictions in place for a further month. How would you feel about that? Would that be okay with you? Will you say that's okay? Will you continue to feel the same way? It's in the interest of public safety, public health. Or will you go to your mind? Because I know this is having a very, very, very damaging effect on people's mental health. There is no doubt about that. And we have to strike a balance somewhere where there's a risk to life, obviously, if we go back to normal uh, with a virus. But there's also a risk to life if we stay the way we are because people's mental health will be affected. There's also a risk to people, I suppose, to a risk of poverty and hardship, financial problems, people's businesses going down the tubes. There's a massive risk on both sides, so we have to have a balance somewhere. So I want to know, how would you feel if those restrictions were extended? Let me know what you think. Would you be okay with us? Yes or no? You wouldn't be okay with it past May the 5th. Let me know what you think. The number is 87 188 Excuse me. He hiccups there. Or you can WhatsApp us at the same number, 087-188-0008. John O'D, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, John? Greetings, sir. How are you? Greetings, John. Now, John, May the 5th is kind of D-Day for everybody. We've set a target in our heads mm-hmm. of May the 5th because that's what we were told last week by Auntie Shook, yeah. our great leader. So, if it goes past that, you know, how do you feel about that, John? It will go past it, and I would say possibly to the maybe mid-June, I'd say, if not maybe even the end of June, right? Now, tonight I know Rico here, there's a, she's a world-renowned infectious disease expert there, Professor Mary Horgan. She said that um, when she was hopeful, things would go back to relative normality, but it was likely that the pandemic would change the way we socialise and the way we work in the future. Now, that, that's frightening stuff, and you think of it, along with Rebecca's uh, uh, statement today, that this might have to go on maybe for longer. So are we talking three months, four months? I did see one prediction in the UK paper today of 2022. Well, you see, there you are. But look, if that happens, I mean, you, you mentioned earlier on there, if, if we did open up stuff slowly, and if then there was a second wave, right? Well, look, if there's a second wave comes, I think we'll have to come to the decision that we just have to go back, and shops will have to open, and everything will have to go, the schools, the whole lot, and we just have to get on with our lives like we did before. And if people get sick, we just hope that, that they won't die, or that people get but it, over. But it's, but it's not just about people dying and, <clears throat> and people getting sick, pardon me. <clears throat> it's, not, it's not just about that. It, what it is, is it's being able to handle it. I mean, I, I, you know, no matter how many people catch it, the same amount of people are probably going to die in, in some respect. And I, I don't mean that yeah. in any bad yeah. way, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's about our health service being able to handle the situation to save those who have a chance of surviving. So, yeah. you know, if we suddenly just open the floodgates and everybody runs out and all starts shaking hands and hugging and kissing each other, you know, our health service obviously will be on, you know, high alert. Well, obviously, we have to introduce it slowly, like, I mean, when we do start to come back to some level of normality, right? But, I mean, slowly, then, we'll have to get into it bit by bit by bit now, because you can't lock down the society indefinitely, like... No, you, you have, can't. We, you have to have some hope at the end of the line, because... But there, doesn't seem, but there doesn't seem to be any exit plan. There, there is no plan. You're, you're the third or fourth person said that to me today, actually, discussing this now, right? There, there seems to be no exit plan at the end, you're quite right. 
I mean, it's just extending, extending, extending. Now, at the moment, I know we have to carry on as we are, and I think we've been massively compliant as a society, in fairness. Don't mind a few people that have breached it, but I think we've been very, very good. And and in fairness, you know, to to the citizens, we're asking citizens to make a huge sacrifice. Their liberty. You couldn't ask for a bigger sacrifice. Well, this is it, like, I mean, mean, people there with us, in my world, even when I lived there, I mean, like, the, the, the families are exhausted. They're trying to keep their kids going every day in the garden, playing football on swings, taking them out on their bikes. You know, and you multiply that by hundreds of thousands of people. People can't see their grandchildren. Like, I mean, there's a woman the other night to me, and she cries herself to sleep because she can't see her grandchildren anymore. You know, it's heartbreaking what's happening out there. And we as a society, there must be an exit uh, plan. We can't go on like this. But you see, there's not, the, the thing about it is, there's nothing wrong or illegal about her seeing her grandchildren, but she takes a huge risk. If yeah. she if she's an elderly person, if you know what I mean. So what I'm saying is, and, and they pointed this out clearly yesterday, it's not mandatory for those over the age of seventy yeah, to go outside. Yeah. But the advice is that you don't because you're yeah, taking I, a huge I, risk. I, I think that wasn't explained properly enough there. That was me no, I, 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 and to be honest with you, you're right because a lot yeah. of people for the last week and a half have been complaining about it, saying, "Well, hold on, I'm seventy-two, I'm perfectly healthy. Why can't yeah. I go outside?" You can go outside. There's no losses. You can't. Yeah. They're only advising but you to stay inside. People were under the impression, now, as I said, wasn't it clear enough to them that you couldn't go? You were actually. Told, I know. So we no. talked about it last week. I know. Yeah. yeah. You must stay in your house if you're over seventy. You cannot go out. But that wasn't the case. Well, no, it's not the case at all. They, they clarified this yesterday. It's not mandatory. And you no. can go outside if you want to go to the shops or make you know necessary journeys just like anybody else yeah. or go for a walk two kilometres from your home. But the advice from the government is that you don't because, unfortunately, we have seen that the majority, the vast majority of people who have died have been over the age of 70. Well, and the me- like, for example, the median age today of the 43 mm-hmm. people who died was 84 or 85 years yeah, of age. Yeah. I think what will happen if, if it go out, if it go out too long and you're in danger of losing the summer it goes into August, I think people will start breaching it and there won't be enough girls on the road. I think people will go to the beaches and say, to hell to this, we'll get no summer. So you think, you think people will revolt eventually? I think they will. I think they will. I think they okay, will. Well, well, stay there for a second. Let me go to Andy as well. Andy, you're on Classic Hits. How are you doing, Andy? Hey, Andy, you know, I mean, I think we're all behind the government. Well, we're all behind anything that, should, that might work. Um, uh, I suppose, but at what point do you think people will say, oh, I've had enough of this? When people decide that staying in is not worth people's lives. That's, it's, it's a very simple thing, isn't it? You know, you stay in because you believe you're doing the right thing to sort of, you know, prevent the risk of healthcare workers, doctors, nurses dying as a result of sort of continued exposure to, the, you know, the virus. So, um, really, if you if, it's very simple, isn't it? You know, if you care about people and you want to sort of try and reduce the amount of people that are dying, um, then you, then you go with what what government policy and, is. And, I mean, and people are doing that, and that's fine. And, and in fairness, Andy, you know, most John people is right, are, man. Most people and are. Most people are. Yeah. And I'm out on the roads on a daily basis, and I just look around me and I go, "Bet you're not on an essential journey, mate." You know, on on plenty of occasions. Okay, but in, but yeah, but in saying that, I, yes, you're right. And I've seen traffic increase over the last three or four days, right? Yeah. And and in saying that, the guards are not being very strict about it. And I'm glad. They're that, not. They're not and I'm glad. being strict. Well, no, look, and I'm glad they're not being too strict about it. I don't want to see what's happening in the UK where their guards are searching people's shopping bags. I don't want to see it go that far, right? Well, and as, as long as those people who are making unnecessary journeys in their car, for example, are not going in in bunches of crowds or meeting somewhere or doing something they shouldn't be, if they're just going out, you know, sealed in their car down to the beach to have a look, although they shouldn't be, um, and driving back again, it's not a huge problem. It's not going to yeah, make but, a big but difference. If it's, if it's okay for them, then why is it not okay Absolutely. for them? 
absolutely. else. Absolutely. So and it's, I, it's and a I, very simple. And, you, and I agree with you. And I said the same thing the other night to somebody who gave that argument to me, right? That I understand exactly what you're saying. But when you're saying, you're kind of almost saying that these people are grossly irresponsible for what they're doing. It's very difficult. It's, yeah. a, it's easy for us, Andy. I am. I don't know your circumstances. You know, I'm a middle-aged bloke that doesn't have any little children and I don't live in a flat. I've got a, a house with a million jobs to do, so I've, I've no problem staying well, in. Absolutely. There are people out there living in, say, small one-bedroom apartments, which are tiny, have a little teeny balcony on them. I mean, okay. They... I understand the world is very different for them, and I feel yeah. sorry for young parents with small, you know, living space where they've got very little to do with, you know, and it's, and it's very, very difficult. But the no. bottom line is that, that if you don't stay and if you don't prevent the spread of this virus, and we're, we're not changing, we are not going to change as a society for till next year, Niall. You know, we're going to have this. We're going to be standing two years next that, year. But it, but isn't that very grim? Well, it's just, that's just it, because we, we can't mass-produce a vaccine, which is the only thing that's going to stop and save people. You know, we've got to have PPE. Well, herd, Im- herd immunity will also help, too. To some extent, to some extent. Tell that to the fucking JCB driver digging the mass graves in, in America, where they're putting in the... I'm sure you saw it, where, you know, they're burying the bloody bodies faster than he can dig fucking holes in the ground. I mean, you know... Right. Yeah, yeah, but... Sure, so, surely he doesn't say that people like should stay inside indefinitely, like, I mean, if we have to stay inside until next year, people will just crack up. No, you, you, you have to, I mean, you, you're going to have to look at ways of, of reducing the lockdown, and the World Health Organization said that we are in draconian measures, and we are in draconian measures, because this virus is so bloody deadly that the only way you can stop the spread and, and save lives is by putting, introducing draconian measures, and you have to look at like, other societies, and Europe's very disjointed in its whole approach to the thing, you know, that some countries are doing one thing and some are doing a different thing, and some are behind the fucking... The, let's say, I mean, behind the curve. Look, but, look, uh, look, look, at, look, at, look at Taiwan. Taiwan of 23 million, right? Six deaths. No, they must be doing something right. Or maybe, or maybe they're just not calculating the figures properly. Well, I yeah, think Taiwan was one place that when they saw what was happening and they just went bang, shut the borders and yeah, locked exactly. down straight away. There's no messing. And that's the reason why countries like America and and the United Kingdom, who were fairly slow in sort of in, in putting a lockdown, have now got, I don't know what the UK, is it 13,000 in, in the UK? Yeah, in yeah the but, UK you, but you're, I mean, you're, you're talking about the United States, <clears throat> for example, right? And the United States, at the moment, we have a higher death oh, rate. Oh, hang on no. a second, let me finish what I'm talking about, what I'm saying to you. We have a higher death rate per million than the United States. <coughs> yes. And it's only just got there. So just watch, watch this space. The America has got a crap healthcare system. I'm not an expert on America, but from listening to sort of the, the numbers of beds per capita and doctors per capita and, and the whole sort of health, you know, system is, you know, it, it, there's not enough equipment. In yeah, it. No, but, no, but, 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 but what I'm saying to you is pretty much every country, um, I, actually, mind you, I, the United Kingdom at the moment has a much higher debt rate than we have, uh, yeah. and the United States, probably both put together per head of yeah. population. But you have to add this up. See, people, it's easy for us to say, oh, look how many deaths there's been in this country or that country. You have to take the population of the country into consideration. All well, right? look, at, look, at the ge- look at the geography of the United Kingdom. You, com- you should really be comparing the death rate in Ireland with the death rate in Scotland because, let's say, Ireland does not have the same urban sprawl that London, Birmingham, Manchester, Leeds, and all the other sort of major cities of England have. There's, we're not in this. We do not have a sort of, I say, intensive 
populations where people are living on top of each other. We're not sharing lifts all the time. I mean, I'm, let's say I'm out and about, you know, and I, and I spoke to a guy who's out in Cavern today, and the bloke was saying, we're so lucky out here because, you know, everybody lives sort of half a mile from each other. And that's why we saw in Ireland when it started first going back three weeks ago, there was a few counties who had no cases because yeah. obviously it hadn't reached there yet because particularly if you're living in the Midlands or you're yeah. living in Leitrim or places like that, you know, you, you're not going to have a lot of movement through the, the town. So that's pretty yeah, much why. And that's why. why we should be keeping people within a couple of kilometres of their, of their home to stop the virus spreading into other counties. No, there's no way. Like, I mean, if, if you were to take, no, we'll say that they kept extending, right? You're talking about the do You're talking about another eight months of what's happening now. I can't see people just putting up with that. No, and, and to be honest now, at, at the same time, I can't see people putting up with that either. There has to be some light at the tunnel. You can't imprison people for, in, their, in their own homes. You've got to allow sort of let's say, movement, but you have to start bringing in, let's say, the removing or you know, the deconstruction of restrictions at a slow rate. So because, you know, the healthcare system, this is the problem with the healthcare system, and this is why they're all trying to flatten the curve, because there isn't enough ventilators in the hospitals, you know, to, to look after all the, the people when they go into this, what we call it, the acute, uh, whatever it is, the acute respiratory distress, that they're fucked. And if you don't put them on a ventilator, they're, they're dead. You know, and that's what we're trying to stop. Now, you, you mentioned there, no, as well, about hugging and handshaking that, you know, yep. hopefully we'll be able to do that again. But I've heard different comments here, there's no different medics on different stations, like, saying that maybe we should never shake hands again and we should keep the distance. Jesus Christ, you, you, you can't be a member of society. Well, I mean, I know, I, d- I don't think that's possible because, for look, we had the flu around, uh, uh, we've had it around for centuries. I'm, again, I'm not comparing the two. Uh, no, but in saying can't. But in saying that, you know, a half million people die of the flu every year. It is quite deadly for elderly people and those who are vulnerable, uh, particularly if they end up getting pneumonia from it. Um, and we see many deaths in this country from pneumonia every single year. Um, and the flu season between kind of November and probably around March or so, thousands of people die in this country from the flu. Yeah. But but in saying that, we don't turn around and say and treat people with the flu like pariahs. You know what I mean? So we, we became... Com- you could argue that we've become complacent when it comes to viruses, coughs, colds, flus... We came complacent. Now, we, we did ask people to get vaccines over the last couple of years, particularly with the flu. But, I mean, when you're talking about complacency, there's an interesting story tonight which is going around on social media. And I know a lot of people want to talk about it. And I'm going to read this, this comment out. I work for Ryanair. We had a charter fly, flight yesterday out of Dublin to Sofia, Bulgaria. The flight was chartered and paid for by Keelings. These are the fruit people, by the way, in St. Margaret's County, Dublin. The flight flew out of Dublin empty and came back in with a full complement of passengers, 189 in total. There was no social distancing on board, putting all the cabin crew at risk. And there was also 200 bags in the hold of the aircraft, putting the ground handling agents at risk. All passengers on board, am I finished? All passengers on board were holding letters from Keeling stating that they were coming to work picking strawberries. As a member of staff still working in Dublin Airport, I find this quite unsettling for myself and all my work colleagues as it's putting us all at risk and extra stress uh, which we should not have to deal with during this time of COVID-19. I live alone with my wife and kids and an elderly mother that I could pass on C-19 without knowing same as most of my colleagues in work. None of these passengers have or are getting medical clearance plus they don't and uh, probably won't self-quarantine for the next 14 days. They'll be heading straight to work. I don't know how interested you are in knowing this uh, but I just wanted to highlight it to you as it shows uh, the likes of Ryanair and Keelings are not worried about are more worried about the money and not the staff and the health the, uh, well, no, safety. Now I, I want to clarify that by saying 
we got a statement from Keelings because I thought this was a fake text that was going around. It was going around on WhatsApp earlier on today, right? And, and I thought this was fake. I said, that couldn't be true. That just, nobody would be that irresponsible at a time they like this. They confirmed it. Oh, they've confirmed it. We confirm, we, Keeling said, uh, we can confirm, uh, that they're the biggest uh, fruit growers in the country, by the way. We can confirm that a number fruit of... Imported. Import, oh, well, they, no, they grow their own as well. Um, yeah, they import them, they, they go on. Okay. I worked there. I worked there before, oh, so... All right, well, they, they said in their statement, we can confirm that a number of skilled horticultural staff... That's a nice word for fruit pickers. Fruit pickers. Yeah. <laughs> have yeah, returned to exactly. Ireland. Now, the way they were this, have returned to Ireland to work with Keelings, that suggests they're Irish people, which I don't believe they are, according to no, the... No, anyway. no, no, no. The, no. The Polish and... I think it's Bulgarian. Bulgarian. And it's, yeah, so they have Polish and Bulgarian pickers on the fruit farms. They're on a piece rate. I think they have to... Is it six kilos an hour that they have to pick? Um, okay, I, they, I know. I used to, I used to do it years ago when I was fifteen. I used to work for lambs yeah. and, and meat. But anyway, it goes on. The statement goes on to say we are also recruiting local Irish workers to join us no, in picking yeah. our crops on the farm, along with Bollocks. other roles and Keelings. Well, let me finish it first. Um, it is essential that we have adequate staffing on the farm to pick crops quickly as they ripen, or we risk shortages in the market. The Keeling family is very proud of an amazing team of people in Keelings, and we are all working very hard in uh, delivering our our responsibility to ensure there is a full supply of fresh fruit and vegetables for everybody. Across our entire business, we have also worked tirelessly to implement the HSE and government guidelines, clearly not in this particular case, uh, to ensure we're protecting uh, the health of all the people. This includes uh, uh, thorough and reported, repeated COVID-19 safety coaching and instructions to follow the HSE guidelines, which includes 14 days of restricted movement for any new arrivals in the country prior to starting work in Keelings. So they're saying these people will be self-isolating for 14 days who arrived in today. And yeah. they also got you know to say, why? a very important part of our workforce uh, for many years has been our skilled seasonal workers who returned to us uh, to help pick our fruit and manage our planet, our plant health. Uh, without these seasonal workers, it would be impossible to bring fresh Irish strawberries to the Irish market. We understand the concerns in the current environment regarding both social distancing and local employment. We want to assure the public that we are doing all that we can to help and support the local employment at this time and to ensure the safety of all our workers. Hey. Yeah, so just to clarify for everybody who's got that text tonight or has seen that on WhatsApp, it's going around at the moment on WhatsApp and on Facebook. It is true that they did actually charter a plane and bring all those workers over. Is that amazing, though, right? I mean, we're supposed to be cooking, uh, the over 70s are supposed to be cooking in their homes. Families can't go even over their kids. No one can travel over the two kilometres, right? You can't go to the beach with your family, you can't go anywhere, right? Yes, two companies, one food company and, and, and an airline company. So you can't even go to your own family's funeral, for God's sake. That's what I'm saying. You can't even visit your dying mother in the hospital, and yet they could fly in this amount of people in here. Then, I mean, this is an absolute roadway. Those people should never be allowed on the plane at the other side. But if, when they did, when they landed here, they should be detained straight away and sent back. Well, we're hardly social distancing on the plane. I think it's grossly unfair. And there won't be social distancing in the workplace because they go from where they dorm to they get on a bus and they'll all be sitting on top of each other on the bus and they'll all be sort of picking. In sort of the, the same. Well, they're drills, you know? yeah, drills, yeah. The what? They call them where the strawberries grow. They're called drills, aren't they? Well, they're called they're called polytunnels. Oh, poly. Is, is what? Okay. Because they're just, they're just poly big sort of you know. Well, I'm sure they can social dis- distance there outdoors, couldn't they? Yeah, but but they won't be social distancing in the dog box of the canteens they eat in. Um, and they won't be social distancing on the bus they travel to and from. Well, 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 and they won't well, be social well, distancing in the place they live. Okay, well, let's, you know, for the purpose of the arguments, I don't have, obviously, Keelings on the air, and hopefully I'll try and get them on. We've sent them an email to try and get them on tomorrow. And But let's, for the purpose of the argument, let's say that they are going to implement some sort of social distancing. Yeah. And, and now, can I just say, I'm saying this because 
I worked for Keelings at one point in the, let's say, in my checkered career, and, and I've been on the fruit farms, and I've seen the strawberry tunnels, and I've seen the conditions that the workers work in, and I, that's why I sort of know they're all Bulgarian and Polish, and there's not one Irish fruit picker in there, you know, so... Well, I'm sure they, might, mean, ar- I'm sure they might argue with that anyway. Yeah, well, they okay. can fucking argue until they're blue in the face because they're in. All right, okay. Well, let me get back to what we we're talking about. Okay, so uh, let me go. We'll we'll come back to Keelings. By the way, I did send them an email out, so we'll try and get them on the show tomorrow to maybe uh, clarify a lot of those points that people and questions that people have because I know there's a lot of angry people at the moment on social media about that particular story, and I don't think they're accepting the statement. Uh, but stay there, both of you. Second, let me go to Denise as well. Have to go to break first, or Denise? I'll go to Denise first. Denise, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Denise? How are you? Good, Denise. Ah, oh, Grand, I'm down the country here. I'm I'm um, a care worker. Okay. In Ennis. Um, I am getting annoyed with the people around. I'm like, <laughs> I'm talk about the cops. I'm much better than them. I'm nearly, I'm giving dirty looks. My problem is the older people. Yep. People over 70. Now, they're in, you could backbone, say, five weeks. Yeah, they're all in their houses, and they're not allowed to go to the shops, and they're not allowed. Well, to they are allowed. There's no, there's no one saying they're not allowed, but they risk yeah. their own lives if they do it. I suppose they do. Yeah, yeah. But you see, they're all used to going to day centres, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Some of them go five days a week. Some of them go three, two, whatever. But now they have nothing. Their social lives have just been cut short. Yes, absolutely, and yeah. they. We're okay in the beginning, but they're starting to get fed up. Yeah, but look, when you and obviously because you work in a care home, Denise, you understand. Look no, what we well, work in the caring industry. Sorry, okay, but look what's happening currently at the, in the care. Fifty-five percent of the deaths in this country so far are people in care homes. No, but I work with the. I work. I go house to house. Yeah, no, but I'm no. I'm just pointing out that fifty-five percent of deaths work in care homes, and in other words, you're, what you're saying is they'd like to go back to those daycare centres and where they can kind of play drafts and do a little bit of work crafting or whatever it is. Yeah, but but the the risk is is massive. Oh, do you want to hear them? Oh, my parents. My father is eighty-eight, and my mother is eighty-six, and they live in Dublin, right? And I, my sister and I live in Ennis. And my daughter is up there with them. And today, my mother turned around and she said, I've had enough of this. I'm fed up with it. And my dad's sitting there watching the telly. Like, my dad used to go for a pint and coming home at two o'clock and going to bed, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he's sitting in front of the television. <laughs> what did he tell me? With a slab of beer? I said, I'll slab of beer you and I get up there. And do you think, do you think they'll be all right if Leo Varadkar announces on the 5th of May that, you know, it's another three weeks? Do, do you think you'd be okay with that? Would they be okay with that? I'd be okay with that, but I can't see my, my father. You think he'll just, he'll just say, I'm going out, that's it? No. I don't know what he'll do, because there's well, nowhere to go. Well, well he'll, he'll be risking his own life. Yeah, sorry, Andy. Oh, well, well, hang on to these. Sorry, Andy, you want to say something there? Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I've delivered, let's just say, product to two cats this week, right? And you go up to those places and they are going, stay back, don't come in, you know, leave the docket on the ground. And you're looking through the window and they're all, you know, everybody behind the counter has has got the the face masks on, the gloves. They are basically bricking it. I know, know, but but look how many digests they unleash in one place, eight people in one place. Nine people, man. Nine, nine. Nine in Port Leash died. You know, I mean, I know this may sound terrible, but my, my dad went into a care home last year and he passed away in November. And I'm glad that he passed away 
before this outbreak, because if he was in a care home now, I would be extremely worried that he would, he would suffer a fairly nasty death. Yeah. And that's not what I want for my, any, well, certainly any member of my family. And certainly, you know, it's about what all this whole argument is about is doing the right thing for people that you don't know. And that's, that's what matters. We're all very selfish and we've all got our problems and we all want to go out. We all want to see our partners. We all want to go to the pub, you know, and do everything that we did before. But it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen until we get a vaccine. So we, we all need to get used to the, the massive change that's hit society because we can't, you know, change things. We've got to have more PPE for the people that are working. So, you know, and there, there has to be... A so, what so what you're saying essentially, Andy, is get used to it. That's it. Get, absolutely get And used anybody to who doesn't want to get used to it, you're just being selfish. Okay, okay, but stay there because I've got to go to a break. Stay there with me, Andy, if you can. Uh, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. The number's 087 A lot of people, by the way, texting about Keelings. Yeah, I know the story is all over the internet tonight. It's all over social media. I did read the other statement that Keelings gave us, um, but we're hoping to try and get somebody on the air tomorrow about 12 o'clock to answer a lot of questions that people have in relation to the fact that they chartered a flight and brought over 189 people, it seems, according to that story, uh, from Bulgaria. I, I, the one part of the statement I found a little bit confusing. Where's that statement gone again? The line where it says, Oh, yeah. We can confirm that a number of skilled horticultural staff, fruit pickers, have returned to Ireland to work with Keelings. That kind of suggests that there are Irish people coming home. Well, they weren't. And when they say returned, they mean returned as they may have been here last year. They're Bulgarians and, and as Andy pointed out, probably some are Polish as well. Uh, let me know what you think. The numbers, uh, I'm not talking about that now, by the way. We'll talk about it more tomorrow. The numbers 87 Will you be happy with further lockdowns past May the 5th? Will you be okay with it? And how's your psychological health at the moment? How's your mental health? I'm looking at some of the text. Hi, now I suffer from a condition called extreme social anxiety. It's not nice, basically. It's like cocooning. I've had this for years. Just saying, as so many people don't believe. Uh, well, and I know there are a lot of people, and there's a lot of people, by the way, suffer with the opposite. Uh, that they don't want to be, they're claustrophobic and they just don't want to be in the same house. And, you know, I think Andy, you know, I'm going to come back to you in a second, Andy, but I, I think you're being very unfair because when you're kind of saying, get over it, get used to it, you're selfish if you don't comply and all this kind of thing. I mean, you have to take into consideration there's lots of different circumstances that people live in. Um, lots of extreme circumstances, broken homes, broken families, people who suffer from anxiety, from claustrophobia, uh, and they have to get out. They just have Watch to. And, well, oh, sorry? Are you there, Andy? Yeah, I'm here, yeah. yeah. I didn't sign anything. Yeah, so, I mean, the point I'm is listening. that those people are also suffering huge mental health problems at the moment. And, you know, and, we, and, and there has to be a balance somewhere in the middle, Andy. There is a I, I never said to it. I never said that there wasn't to be a balance. And what I said was that the World Health Organisation said we need to... Well, hang, well, hang on, Dermot. Hang on, Dermot. Sorry. Go ahead, Andy. Oh, sorry, no, I was live. Go ahead. Go ahead, Andy. Yeah. yeah, no, I was basically sort of saying that, you know, that there has to be a gradual sort of lifting of and, and allowing people to have certain levels of freedom. But essentially, you know, you've got to stop the spread of this disease. It's very simple. And, 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 and nobody disagrees with that. Yeah, but, so but, I'm but, not, how, how am I, and what people who are breaking the rules are being selfish because they're endangering other people. Simple as that. Absolutely. And what about themselves? Do they not think of themselves at all and endangering their own mental health and their own social anxieties and their own lives by also no. sticking to the guidelines so rigidly, uh, you know, if indeed those guidelines are extended for well, months the, on end? The people that have the anxiety are the people that are actually sticking to the rules and staying at home. You know, they are the people, and there's no doubt 
that there's plenty of issues. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bereft of the idea that people, you know, suffer in lots of different ways. I have my own issues that, you know, I have to deal with in terms of, yep. you know, I, I have a partner and I haven't seen them and I won't see them for seven weeks now. Yeah, no, you know, I, and, no I, I understand. I understand your and, personal and that, situation, and, and and that's something that I have to sort of accept that you know it's for the greater good. It's not about Andy Lee and what he fucking wants to sorry for saying. And, and do you believe that if somebody say uh, in palliative care in a hospital and they're dying, and their husband maybe it's a wife and a husband wants to see her and you know speak to her before she says her dying it's words, do you believe it's unfair that he's kept from doing that? Do you believe that's fair? I think if if anybody heard the story of the thirteen-year-old that died on his own. And the parents couldn't see him, you know. And if you don't fucking shed a tear for that family and, and the child that died, then there's something absolutely wrong with you. And I think absolutely, if you have the correct PPE, you know, you can expose people to risk. This is sort of health and safety stuff now that mm. I sort of live by. That you can expose people to risk, and how you control risk. The final sort of risk, effective risk control method is is by PPE. So if you've got to put somebody in a situation, give them PPE. If you've got to throw them into a you know, a, a room full of viruses, protect them. Protect okay, them okay, well, 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 hang on for a second and stay there, please, if you can, because I want to bring Dermot, and I need to bring Eamon in as well, because Eamon's not happy at all. Uh, Dermot, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Dermot? Good, Niall. How are you? Okay, so May the 5th is a target date in people's minds yeah. at the moment, because that's the date we've been given, but, but under no circumstances is it going to be all running out and, you know, jumping up and down yeah. and running out to pubs. I can be sure of that. Uh, but Look, in saying that, yeah. if it's extended further, Dermot, do you think people would be able to handle that okay? Look, I agree with Andy on this, and you, you're using the word, uh, is it fair, is it this, is it that. This, as I said the other night, this is not, we don't have a Hobson's choice here. We have two choices. You either lock down to kill the, to kill the bars eventually, or you just you just open everything up and you made the best it man win. It was Donald Trump. Yeah, made the best man win, and uh, the, the fittest survive, and the, the weakest die. And that's just the way it is. You could do. You have two ways of doing it. There's no third choice here. Of we might open this, we might open that. I'll tell you one thing: if they open pubs and restaurants and all tomorrow, I yeah. personally wouldn't go. I wouldn't go into either of them. And, and very few people would. I no, think. because there, because in the back of every person's mind is there is no vaccine, there's no cure. So yep. are you going to walk? Are you going to walk into a pub and shake hands with your friends and uh, hug and kiss and I'll have a pint again? It's an off we go and everything is grand. And then it just it's not going to happen. There is no point in opening things up because the human psyche is now and it's in every human being's mind that we do not have a vaccine, that this is yeah. a deadly disease with no cure. So I'm fucked if I'm going into a restaurant or I'm going into a pub. So yeah. what's the point? Well, but you know what I was equally surprised to see today? Uh, there was a, a poll carried out today that if a vaccine yeah. became available tomorrow, only two thirds of people said they'd take it. Well, then, well, that's, 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 Darwinism. that's Darwinism for you now. But then yeah, that but just goes to show you how well, stupid yeah. some people are, doesn't it? And, you know what I mean? And, and, and by the way, two-thirds is not going to be enough. Uh, we, we have that with the flu vaccine as it is. Not enough people take it. Two-thirds is not enough. You need to get about 80% at least for herd immunity. Okay, so the bottom, so the, hang on, sorry. The bottom line there is if they, if they produce a vaccine tomorrow that says if, if you become ill, you go into your local hospital, they give you the vaccine, you are cured. Well, then fuck the two thirds that won't take it. The third. Yeah, but the vaccines have to be... Yeah, I'm to sorry, but let them die. Vaccines have to work. That they, they basically give you the, the, the minuscule dose, so your body creates antibodies. And vaccines only... 
prevent, allow your body to deal with an infection if you get it. They don't cure the infection. Okay, well, it's ju- too late. Just to it? correct you on that, I thought the same thing, by the way, Andy, and we had an immunologist on the air there about a week ago, and I said, is it a live vaccine? And he went, no, on this particular virus, because it attaches itself to DNA, it wouldn't be a live vaccine. It's a cocktail of stuff. I don't know what it is. But it's, on that, this particular occasion, the virus, the vaccine for this wouldn't be a live vaccine. Well, see... Yeah, okay, that's a fair point. Oh, yeah, but, but I, I actually thought the same thing. What I'm saying is you, your, your body has to create antibodies. Oh, yes, of course, yeah. So, to, to, and, and that's why you need to vac- you vaccinate people so that they are able to, their bodies are able oh, to no, no, defend I, 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 know, I know how a vaccine works, No, but I'm just saying to you, in the, in the case of this particular vaccine for this particular virus, according to immunologists, it will not be a live vaccine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's okay. fine. So I, don't know, I don't know how vaccines work. It's something to do with DNA or this particular virus attaches itself to DNA and multiplies. But anyway, but getting back to the, the point, yeah, Dermot, so Dermot, Dermot, do you think people, you know, at the moment... People are going to start getting fed up over the next couple of weeks. And, and I can see that already, right? I can see it slowly. Yeah. yeah. So, so, Dermot, do you think people are going to say, you know, in Michigan, they're out protesting at the moment uh, because, of course, the Americans love their freedom. Um, and they're basically saying we're not prisoners. So, no, so we, we all love our freedom now. Human nature yeah. loves freedom. Okay, but absolutely. But how long, Dermot, how long, Dermot, do you think people are going to say we, we'll go along with this strategy? Yeah, this is for the, in the interest of everyone. I don't know, Niall. How long is the piece of spring? I don't. Nobody has an answer for that because, as we've as we've argued since this thing kicked off on your show, this is unknown territory. We we have no handbook to say that this happened. 20 years ago and this is how we, we managed it and the whole lot this is this is the first time this is like this is like the Irish football team go to the first World Cup how did they get on sort of thing it's never the same again after the first time but in this situation we're in unknown territory and how long are, are people going to deal with this it will, it will depend on how people value their lives at the end of the day no matter how fed up and how psychologically damaged they might feel the option is to go out pick up the virus and die so, well, now, 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 well, let's not scaremonger too much. If you pick up the virus, you're most likely not going to die. No, no, no. But, but, but unfortunately, but, you could pass it on to somebody else who's more vulnerable who could die. Yeah, but I mean, everybody knows that, that we're all watching the news 24 hours a day. Everybody knows that possibly eight out of every 10 people will get it and will survive it. And 20%, unfortunately, won't. No, 20% won't die. That's, that's, that's not a figure at all. What are you, what are you talking about? At the moment, the, the figure is more like one out of every 100 will die. Which is an awful lot, now. That's an awful lot. Yes, absolutely, lot. of course it is. And that's way more. Yeah, but it's, not, but it's certainly not twenty percent. That makes it sound. It doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter right. about. We're talking ten or twenty. What we're talking about is the number of people that are going to die. Not this, this, look, this thing. If it if it gets a grip, and that's why everybody has to sort of go for these bloody lockdown. It's well, prevented by. Well, it's I, that I, dangerous. Sorry, Andy, Andy. Andy, let me back in. Let, let me fucking challenge Niall on that one. No, go ahead. you you have no idea. You're talking about, we're talking about figures, but we're talking about the fact is that because there's a lockdown, we're only seeing X amount of deaths. If this thing was open, wide open, and, and everybody was out and about... More people free, would die, Absolutely. I guarantee you, you'd have your eight out of fucking, your two no. out of every ten. Okay, we, we, we could argue with that, but in saying that, the figures show mortality at the moment somewhere between, you know, one and two percent in most countries. Okay, but I'm not going to argue with the mortality. Realistically, we know the virus is more dangerous for those who are vulnerable or those who are elderly. And generally speaking, those who are younger um, usually show very little symptoms or none at all. 
Yeah. And that's what Correct. that's what we've seen with this virus. And the, the statistics they gave initially, going back about two weeks ago, and I don't know whether that still stands or not, out of every 100 people, <clears throat> 95% of people will be perfectly fine. 5% will end up in hospital. Three out of those five will end up in ICU. And out of those three, one might die. They, that's the kind of figures they threw out about two weeks ago. There. Well, I think it's a 50-50 end up in ICU. Mm. With, uh, if you have acute respiratory distress, and otherwise your lungs start filling up with fluids and you can't pump the oxygen in then you're in big trouble and that's a, that's a toss of a coin. Well, yeah, well, particularly, and that particularly depends on your age and your vulnerability as well, I suppose, too. But, but stay, stay there, Jeremy, just for a second because I, I want to bring Eamon in too because obviously I want to bring in the other side of the argument as well. Uh, you obviously agree with Andy and most of what Andy says. Uh, Eamon, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Eamon? Uh, you need to be corrected there, Niall. As far as I know, they, 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 they changed mortality figures the other day um, because when they looked at them, they found that we're actually running at the in excess of 3% of those diagnosed and admitted. 3% of those diagnosed and admitted. The, the, basically, the mortality rate is running, uh, is running, is running in excess of 3%. Of those there you go. Wait, no, no, hang on, hang on, no, 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 hang on a second. Because all you're going to do is scare people by saying things like that. Well, you wait for a that second, is, Andy, and relax, is, okay? That is the figure. Okay. That was it quoted. depends on each each country has been different. That is the figure for yeah. Ireland that was quoted. I can tell you Ireland. now. Well, okay, if we base it on the current figures we have at the moment in this country, right, based on the amount of people that actually have been tested and tested positive versus the amount of people that have died, we are nowhere near three percent. Nowhere near no. it or close to it. They've looked at figures of the the, the breakdown. Where roughly is roughly twenty percent of people will develop more 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 serious symptoms and more serious yeah, illness. That's what I said. It's a flu. That's what I the, said. The, the figures here in Ireland of that twenty percent of those who are developing the symptoms, the figure is twenty is roughly twenty percent. But they're finding the that, that the, the rate of mortality is actually running higher than they've initially thought. The rate of mortality of those who are showing symptoms no, is that what no, you're saying? The overall rate. That okay, well, well, you're well, you're, you're, well, you're misquoting figures. You're, I can tell you. No, no, you're saying one percent, Nile. To the best okay. of my knowledge, I can't quote Okay, okay, well, well, hang on, hang on, hang on. I don't want to be ultimately correct, okay? 15,000. Give me the figure again, Helena. What was it? Okay, we just say, we just say 15,000, okay? We just round it up, okay? On the island of Ireland. How many people are dead on the island of Ireland? How many deaths have we had on the island of Ireland? Maybe you could just check that for me now as well. 647. Now, if you... Or 645. Okay, we just say, we just say 15,000, right? Now, if 15,000 people were positive cases, that's not including the positive cases we don't know about, which is probably thousands more, okay? Because we don't test everybody, right? Even if we take a conservative estimate and use that 15,000, which I wouldn't use, I would personally use 30,000 because that's probably the amount of people that actually have it, probably twice what we've actually tested, right? But we just say 15 for argument's sake, just to play ball with you here. And you're telling me that it's 3%, okay? That means that the more t- that means that so far we should have had if we work it out as 100, uh, that'll be working out at 1,500, 1,500, 1,500. We should have had about uh, 3,000, let me see. Work it out, Melina. I don't have a calculator here in the studio. Okay, 3% of 15,000 lads. Help me here, for God's sake. It's, no, it's very simple. It's 150. Uh, it's 1%. No. 15,000 divided by 100. 15,000 divided by 100 is 150. By 150, is 450. People, that doesn't make any sense, lads. That figure doesn't make any sense. If you, you're saying that the, the, the number of people diagnosed as having it is 15,000. Uh, being pa- tested positive at this stage. 1% of that is 150. 
Right. That multiplied by three is 450. Which is the amount of so, deaths we've had in Ireland, so in, in the Republic of Ireland, so we're... We're running at over 3%. Well, I... I would question that figure and the reason I would question it already is because most experts will tell you that the 15,000 figure we have you could probably double or even triple because we're not testing everybody. Because there are amount, the amount of people who would be asymptomatic and the amount yeah. of people who would have very low symptoms in other words feel like they just have a bit of a cold a bit run down feeling right. a bit tired. Yeah. No, and also okay. now they're not recording can I just say one thing mm, quickly. Yeah, yeah. Oh. in the UK they're only recording deaths from COVID-19 that our people have died in hospital and, and being positively tested. So all the people that are busy dying in care homes, all the people that are dying at home of symptoms which are not included in, in, in the UK figures. So it's way, 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 lots more that people are actually dying of this virus than the official figures we get. Okay. So there's an awful lot of smoke no. around figures now. Okay, okay, yeah, sorry, somebody tested in 450, no. sorry, I just didn't no. calculate on me. Okay, Eamon, the point I wanted to get to, Eamon, and the original point of the, the conversation. Just, just before you proceed there, right, yeah, let okay. me point sorry. out something here, right? I still have fibrosis on my lung. I suffer from impaired lung function, leading to, uh, to, to cardiopulmonary distress. I'm also immunocompromised. I've been under trouble. lockdown for, since, since early March. Okay. Right? Yep. I was out twice in the last few weeks. I had to go for a medical appointment the other day, and I had to go, I had to go drop the machine and parts without seeing anyone. Someone opened the door at the unit for me. I put them, lifted the machine out myself, put it in delivered parts because I was terrified. I wouldn't come let anyone near me. I wouldn't let anyone near my van. I wouldn't go near the, and touch anything myself, right? For the simple reason being, my chances are not great if I get no, this thing. No, they're not. And, and, and I understand negative. that. Right? Now, let me point out something. Those groups or those people I saw and from talking to the buddy has his fleet of trucks still operating, thanks be to God, they're keeping going, they're keeping the country going, people like them, right? But from talking to the drivers, from talking over the phone, I had one on last night because he needed to download his truck, he was screaming at him. And I normally do that work for them, right? The groups they're seeing, the people they're seeing flaunting it or breaking the rules are generally young fellas, are, are, are young ones. Is younger people. Here's how it works. I get taken into hospital, right? And I'm I'm on, I, I'm literally fighting for breath. And I've been there, man. I've been there fighting for breath, not knowing whether I'm going to see the morning. If I'm taken into hospital because of my underlying condition, because of my age, I'm, I'm now just over fifty. I go to the back of the queue. Someone who's broken the rules of the guidelines gets the ventilator, gets the drugs get the intervention that I won't, they won't give to me. That's the rules of triage. That's how well, it works. Well, hopefully, we haven't got... To, I right. don't believe so we've people, got to the point. People, the, the, we people, have, well, Eamon, in this country so far, we haven't got to that triage point. And the reason we're not seeing it is because... Hang on, Andy. Like me, people like me and people at risk are, are cocooning long... I've been, I've been lying locked down long before we were all... No, can I come in? Yeah, sorry, sorry, Jeremy, what do you want to say? Okay, okay, Eamon, Eamon, yeah. Eamon, totally, I totally, we're all listening to your, your, your problem, and you are a major fucking problem, because if you... Not in a, a negative sniff, sense, by the if way. If you get a sniff, no, no, not in a negative way, but if you, you get a sniff of this fucking thing, you're, you're, you're dead, or you're in big trouble. You're in big yeah. trouble. Now, we're talking, we're talking about, we're talking about the way this country is, is running this virus. Last Sunday, I arrived, I, uh, I'm a taxi driver here in Dublin, I went down to Dublin Docks and I picked up a couple that came in from Manchester off the boat. And I arrived there and the place was empty. 
There was no flak jackets, no security, no mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. And these two, these, this couple waltzed out of... Uh, no offence to them. This is not uh, so wait, wait, By the way, can I ask you, were, were they tourists? They were living here. Um, they were one of them went over. They went over to see uh, your man's brother in Manchester. He was he's in lockdown. He's very depressed, and he's all sort of carry on. But they walked out of. The, and I said it to them. How many were on the boat? They said there was only a few dozen people. I said, any hassle getting through coming here? Not there was not one person stopped them from the time they got off the boat till they got into my taxi. And I brought them into O'Connell Street and I dropped them off on O'Connell Street. And they came from a fucking high, highly fucking contagious country. Well, yes, Great Britain is in big trouble. And, well, and yeah. I also, and the night after, I went to Dublin Airport and I picked up a German lady, a lovely girl, and she came in from Berlin. And the same question, any problem, uh, she coming through passport control, they asked her a couple of questions. She could have told them fucking Mickey Mouse and off she went into my taxi and into town. Okay, and by the way, can I just say to Eamon as well, Eamon, just apologies in relation to the figures that you were quoting earlier on. Um, the There is five, 486 deaths from COVID-19. There are 13,271 confirmed cases in the Republic of Ireland. Uh, and that source is from the Department of Health. And the percentage is 3.7% rounded off. Now, again, I'll say to you, Eamon, I don't want to scare people you, by you saying that. You believe it's lower than that. I believe it's a lot lower than that because I believe we're not counting, obviously, the thousands and thousands of people who have had it or have it and we don't even know about them. So, you know, I, and I think that's a good news thing to yeah, say. Our, the figures here are probably more accurate than the UK. We do have a certain level of the early cases maybe not being underreported. The death toll is probably higher, slightly, not much, than what's been recorded. Yeah. But I will put it to you this way. People like me and the elderly who've been under lock and key and terrified for the last God knows over a month for me in this case, early March, once they can literally the days after they cancelled the Paddy's Day Parade, I was in lockdown. Why, so why, so why is this country, why is this country, I'd really love to get an answer as to why this man is in fucking total lockdown. And my 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 uh, mother-in-law is in her late seventies in Cabra, and she's in lockdown. And uh, God love her, she's all on her own. She sees nobody from one day to the next. And yet, I can go to Dublin Port and pick up a couple without any fucking hassle. I can go to the airport and pick up somebody from the airport and bring them into town, no problem at all. I mean, all oh, right, Eric can fly one hundred and eighty-nine people in from Bulgaria, but no problem. And, and there is another. There is <laughs> well, another very round, simple way to deal. With sorry, sorry, Eamon? There's a very simple way to deal with Keelings. And anything with a Keelings label put in front of me from now on, you can keep the fucking thing. Right, well, a lot of people are saying that online, and I hope to get Keelings on tomorrow to explain it a bit better than the statement explains it, because it still doesn't explain why they believe in the current crisis taking that kind of risk, rather than maybe employing cheap, well, cheaper kind of local workers uh, who would be on a lower wage or whatever it is. I don't, I don't know what, what they pay for picking fruit. Um, but in saying that, maybe it would have been better, to try, wiser to try and get local workers. Or maybe they couldn't get them. I, I don't know. And, I, and hopefully I get to talk to Keelings tomorrow and find out why they felt it was worth taking that risk, because it does doesn't look like it's very good publicity for them. Uh, but, but Eamon, you know, I, and I do empathise with your situation. And I empathise with the situation of those who are over the age of 85, for example, which seems to be the median age again today of the people who died. I empathise with all those who have and, underlying and conditions or serious underlying it. conditions. I, 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 I would love to see restrictions being relaxed and blah, 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 right? The problem is that the, the people who have most to, to lose are the ones behaving the best. But can I ask you a question, Eamon? Can I ask yeah. you a question? I mean, 
I am not comparing, by the way, COVID-19 to the flu before you think I am. Yeah. But but if you got a bad dose of the flu, you're in trouble. <laughs> Nile, I'm vaccinated, literally. Okay. I have to be vaccinated for pneumonia, vaccinated for the flu, whatever vaccination I can get, I have to get. Right? If if someone says to me there's flu or there's a, some kind of illness doing the rounds in a particular community or a particular household or family, whatever, you're avoiding. I have to avoid them like the plague. Mm. I just disappeared. Pardon the pun. And that's that's the reality for a lot of people in this country. Mm -hmm. Right? That's the reality. And we're the ones who are who are literally I'm out in the garage, I'm I'm running out of things to repair, I'm running out of things to tidy, I'm running out of things to occupy myself with. The postman's been delivering everything from fucking capacitors, transistors, Mm -hmm. rectifiers, machine parts. I think I'm waiting for a manifold for the compressor, I couldn't get my lawnmower parts, blah blah. That's how bad it's getting. Yeah, you can, yeah. Go ahead. Dermot here. Okay, yeah, d- d- go ahead, Dermot. Now we are in, we are in uncharted territory, and this is this is this is very it's a very significant time in humanity because because the world because human beings walk on the planet six or seven or ten billion of us, as I as I said before, taught that we were invincible, that we were top of the food chain, that we absolutely rule the fucking roost on this planet. We've now been told that we don't rule the roost. We are in very uncharted territory. Um, your question at the start of this thing is, how is, if this lockdown goes on and on and on, economically and psychologically, how is it going to affect people? It's going to destroy people. But we do not have, uh, there's two ways of looking at this. We, we, it's either, we either open up the economies, like Trump is trying to and, do. And, 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 and put people like Eamon in danger. And put people well, no, like Eamon. I'll be, um, be in lockdown until next year. <laughs> right. Okay. But, but but either way, you're putting people who are vulnerable in danger. Yes. Or but, you but, or you remove the restrictions, and you take your chances. They're the two yeah, choices. But what, but, yes. what, but what has happened? What, what has happened is, in the in the in the month or so that this has happened has gone on, everybody, me included, I'm sure you guys are all included in this. Your whole thinking of life, like you 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 watch TV and you watch a sports channel. Oh, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, you watch Liverpool and Spurs at Wembley or something, and you see you see a hundred thousand people outside. By I'm side. actually quite jealous of them when I look at them. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like, it's <laughs> nah, like from just... a different time. Yes. It's like from a totally different fucking time. It is, and this is only a month in, but people are now psychologically damaged beyond repair. I think. Okay, sorry, Andy. Very quickly, go on. I, I was going to say, I just I just got the video there of what I suspect is the immigrants arrive on the workers, shall we say, coming into Dublin Airport because there's a guarder on his phone with a baseball cap. So that's obviously, you know, a regional flight because one or two have got the mask on. So as I say, that's a flight coming in and, and they're all sort of right on top of each other. So there's absolutely no social distancing going there. And, and secondly, Dermot's right. Uh, and, and I will say this, that the only way you're going to stop stupid people from travelling and doing unnecessary journeys is if you do crack down with more guard checkpoints. And I, tonight, drove from Dublin Docks out to Clondalkin, and I also did 350-odd kilometres around from Dublin up to Cavan and back down the road again, and I didn't see, I didn't go through one checkpoint. Well, I, there has been checkpoints. I've been stopped a good few times. Ah, uh-huh. well, I, they're, not, they're not out there. There's not enough of them out there, and that's why people... No, I, I, have a letter, I have a letter in the window saying essential worker because I work in media, and, but, and on numerous occasions I've had guards take the letter out of the window and read it and go, okay, that's grand, go ahead. Yeah. But, well, they, the, but there, I there have been stopped. Be more. Yeah, well, I, I've been stopped once or twice, but not enough. 
because, you know, I, I see lots and lots of people that are putting people in danger by travelling. So there we go. But listen, I'm going to lecture in the morning. Okay. So I need to go and get my beauty sleep. So, all right. so, you too. And I'll, listen, thank you very much. And Eamon, I, I wish you well, Eamon, all right? And genuinely you do. I know it's a tough time. This is a tougher time for you than most people. Well, it's, it's just something I've come to accept. Um, the reality is that when they start lifting the restrictions, it's going to become more dangerous for, for, for people like me. But I'm going to be under lockdown until such time as there's even either an effective treatment or there's a vaccine. And But even if, there, even if there is an effective treatment, how effective will that treatment be on somebody who has serious well, underlying you know, conditions? That's the, the problem. I'll, I'll have to sit down with the consultant or the GP or both and go, right, just how is it? How how much is it going to increase my percentages uh, of survival? By am I prepared to take that risk or not? And is there ever a point? Uh, I mean, if we get to a point, and I don't know when the vaccine is going to come along. It could be two years, Eamon, for God's sake. Yeah. And but and even even then, there's going to have to be different cocktails of this vaccine for different uh-huh. people and different you know for elderly people and people who are like and yourself. That won't clash with different medications. Yeah, exactly. And, and, they're, and yeah. similar to the flu virus, they have different types this of flu virus. Look, the restri- they can hopefully start to relax the restrictions, allowing people to get back to work and all that. But it's going to depend, quite simply, it's going to depend on people putting a limit, voluntary or otherwise, on unnecessary travel, unnecessary social interaction, and on being responsible that if you are feeling ill or if you are coughing or spluttering, if you've any suspicion of it, go and make the call and get arrange the testing. They're trying, they're getting quicker, they're getting better. We, funnily enough, I'm hearing crib, people cribbing about it the whole time. We're not doing too badly by comparison to all the other countries. Well, I think we, we did fall behind a little bit there, you know, last week. We were, it's kind of two weeks when yeah, people were we waiting for results. Get, we, well, look, we were at the ridiculous point of we couldn't get the reagent for, for, for the testing. Well, well, no, we, we couldn't get the labs to do it either at no, one stage. But no, no, we have this company in Limerick who are producing what's needed to be able to conduct the test. They're, the tests are revolving, so they're going to be able to do, make, do, do them quicker. They're going to be able to do them more accurately. And hopefully, that in the next few weeks going on for a month, we're going to see an increase in testing and in the speed of testing. Wouldn't because it be, wouldn't it be, be great, Eamon? Wouldn't, Eamon, wouldn't it be great if you got a mild dose of it? At least then you knew you'd be, you'd be immune uh, to it. No, there's no mild dose for uh, someone like me. All right, okay. um, well, I, I would like—I would like to think at some point yeah, that you will be um, able to get back out into society. Now, look, believe me, if I thought there was a chance of it, I'd be—you know—the yeah. reality is that anyone who's 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 ill, who has an underlying condition, who's immunocompromised, or who already has—and like let's let's call it in plain English—fibrosis and scarring on their lungs. So my lungs are no longer able to absorb enough oxygen. What's your capacity? Normally, what's your right? what's your capacity at the moment? Your lung capacity? I couldn't tell you what the figure is. Okay. Um, except it's there. I'm I'm now classed as disabled because of my, of, of the condition my lungs are in. Right. Okay. Um, oh well, there's a few other contributory things, but because of my lungs, that's the big one. Right. Oh, okay. And it, it leaves me short of breath now and again. Okay. I'm kind of having to pace myself here because I, I'm I'm trying to get my breath in between speaking. Um. No, the reality is, for people like me, there is no soft thing if. Someone in my position gets it. Firstly, I'm, because I'm immunocompromised, it's going to hit me bad. Right. The next thing, if I fetch up at a hospital, I'm at the back of the queue. Because, because under the rules of triage, 
don't know whether you realise how that works or it doesn't. Oh no, work. I don't know how TIs works. Right? But 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 again, they have talked. But HSC has already said that we haven't got to the point in this country yes, that Italy got because, to because because yeah. of the level of cocooning, because of the yes. level of social yeah. isolating that people have done so far. And congratulations to the majority of people in this country. Right? Mm-hmm. Fuck the scumbags. Thank you to the majority of this, this country for what they've done for their own communities, for the, their, their, their for their loved ones. For those who are dependent on their on their behaviour, they have saved so many lives. It's frightening, right? The rest of them, they should be marking them with fucking sheep dice. So unless they do fetch up at a hospital, sorry, you're not getting a ventilator. There's someone else who deserves it. You don't, right? That's how we feel about it. But the reality is, until such time as there's a vaccine, until such time as there's there's as there's an effective treatment, people like me or people with underlying conditions will ghost. And when you went when, when you went out the twice that you went out, were you worried? Oh, yeah. Were you worried sick? Oh yeah. You must have been terrified. I had the windows up in the van going through town, and I'd say for the for, for the third or fourth time ever, the bloody thing has air conditioning right. and it turned on, so that I didn't have to ha- have the windows down because if I stopped in traffic and there's people passing on bicycles, Jesus, the bicycle, mm. right. Or the, the horror. You're looking in the mirrors and you don't have the window down because if there's some kind of comes up coughing and wheezing or panting for breath, it stops next to you at the lights. You don't want that. Yeah. Right? Well, none. Totally under condition, yeah. Right? And the, but these, these are the things that, that there is no... And I would, I would ask anyone jogging or cycling particularly, if you're out and about and you see somebody, make sure and give them plenty of room. Mm-hmm. It's because you're coming up behind them or you're coming up on them at speed, particularly if it's someone in their, their 50s, 60s, and let's face it, there are one or two in their 70s still going out for a walk. Yeah. Better, more power to them, right? But give them a little bit of extra space, right? Because you're breathing hard or you're, you're fighting for breath. I know if I got up in the mountain bike this minute, I'd be fighting for breath after a couple hundred yards, mm-hmm. right? Um, give them the extra space. And literally, I can't say it enough, the vast majority of people, thank you and congratulations. This isn't going to go away in the next few weeks. It isn't going to go away in the next month or two. For people in my position, it's not going to go away. I'm looking at probably waving hello to everyone through the window at Christmas. You know, that's, it's, a, that's, it's, a, it's a grim thought, isn't it? Oh, yeah. They, yeah. That is the reality for anybody with underlying conditions, particularly if it's, if it's, if it's, if it's lung-related or it's immunosystem, if they're immunocompromised. They're literally, until such time as they can be vaccinated, until such time as, in a, a, like, an effective treatment, is just increasing the percentages. is giving you a better chance. Vaccination is the only thing, and even that's not a cast-iron guarantee. Well, of course, because vaccination is not 100% either, but in right? saying that, you know... You, let's, say you, let's say it's something that, from next year on, anyone who, if they do come up with a vaccination, you're going to be getting tested on an annual basis to ensure that that vaccination, you're getting revaccinated or that that vaccination remains active. Because this thing, although our immune systems don't have a defence for it. And there's also the possibility, which they're talking about now as well, that this virus could also change. Similar to the flu, um, where it changes. And how it will change is by spreading amongst the population. That's why it's so important to get it under control first time around. Listen, Eamon, it was lovely talking to you and stay safe, Eamon, and stay well. And I'm really sorry to hear your circumstances. I mean, for most people listening, maybe that puts things into perspective, all right? Uh, right. Thanks very much indeed, Eamon. Thanks, Thanks. bye-bye. Uh, it does put it into a little bit of perspective, doesn't it, when you listen to people like Eamon, who's afraid to even walk outside his own front door because, obviously, he's immune-compromised. 
Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits.